play it safe in life, and often if you play it safe and you make sensible, sort of safe choices, people might call you wise. But I don't really think that that's often wisdom. I think that wisdom is actually to believe in the impossible and go after it with the grace of God and by the Spirit. So this message is titled Dominating the Impossible because I believe that 2022 is a year for us to start dominating some of the impossible challenges that we've faced because nothing is impossible for God. Um, someone was praying in my house uh, at, at our church group last year and they said, the dogs of doom bark at the doors of destiny. And I was like, gee, that's a, such a spot on word. Because oftentimes when you find yourself on the brink of breaking through into the more that God has for you, you can come across hard times, you can hit troubled waters, and you can find yourself in a dark place. But it's then that you have to push through and persevere. Because God has got good plans for us. Isn't it crazy though, that we can be completely disobedient to the Lord and He still loves us? We can, we can like, not do His will and yet He still is faithful and true and loves us. But I just want to be the one who does His will. You know, I want to be able to get over the line at the end of my life and hear the words, well done, good and faithful son, you accomplished that for which I prepared for you to do. And we know that God has prepared good works in advance for us to walk in. But the enemy, devil, means the adversary. The adversary isn't just going to roll over and let you waltz into the fullness that God has for you. In fact, the further you press into walking in the fullness of God, you'll find that the adversary turns up the heat. You know? Because hell has got a plan to manage you. Yeah. And I've been schooled by the devil in my life. And he's held me back. someone say once that there's three plans. Your plan, that's irrelevant. God's plan, and then hell's plan. Right? So, hell's plan is what we're trying to overcome. And our own plans, we want them to be aligned with what God has for us, right? I believe that each one of you guys in this room has a sense of like the ultimate purpose for your life to 
just be nailing it, to be walking in the fullness of what God has for you, and to be salt and light in the world, and to be advancing the kingdom of God. If, I, if I'm honest with myself, the, the picture that I have for my life is still ahead of me. Like I'm not yet walking in it. And there's things that take time to, to work towards and progress towards. But I want to have a clear vision of that which I want to take hold of for my life. Yeah. And I want to be steadfast in pursuing it. Yeah. I want to read to you to start from Revelation 3. Verse 19 to 22, just a short part. And it's the part where the voice of the Lord is he's rebuking the seven churches for different different things. And it's um, in, in chapter 3, I think it's Laodicea, and he's rebuking them for being uh, for growing cold and, or for being lukewarm, for being neither cold nor hot. And he says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquer and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Come on, we can be victorious. Like I said, God would invite us. He wouldn't command us to conquer as he conquered if it wasn't possible for us believers. So continually, repeatedly, habitually, overcoming. Conquerors, it's who we're called to be, over those things that hold us back and stop us from walking in the fullness. I can look at my life and I know what some of those things are. I think fear of failure has held me back in my life. Kind of safer, it's that whole thing of being wise, it's safer not to try, and people might think that you're wise because you're playing it safe. But it's actually fear that's behind that lack of wanting to go, go after it, a fear of failure. So it's not actually wise. It might look safe on the surface and look like you're managing your affairs well, but if you call to something great and you're holding back, because you're afraid, it's not wisdom. And so I felt to read to you from Luke 3, 2 to 6, because this is John prophesying about the coming of the Lord. And it sounds like a road construction project. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, 
and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And I just felt like this is a picture for us today too, of how we can prepare the way for the King of Glory to come in, right? for us to abide in that place of intimacy with Him, so we can fulfill all that God has in store for us. And if you look at it, it's like hell's plans versus God's plans. Valleys, living below your calling, falling into sin, mountains of pride and self-righteousness, crooked paths, going in our own ways, shifting our focus and unable to stay, stay on focus and being distracted, and rough places, uneven, difficult to traverse, hard-hearted, unteachable. But the Lord is preparing a way for us to get our hearts right before Him. It's not about a road construction project. It's about our hearts. And I think when you, when you know how to take, how to, what you should be doing, you know, and I, I like to say don't shoot on yourself, but at some point we have to take responsibility for our part, for our responsibility to take hold of that for which we've been taken hold of. It says in Luke 12, 47, the servant, Jesus is telling a parable about servants looking after of being in wait for their master to return. says, a servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act accordingly to his will, will receive a severe beating. And he says in James 4, 17, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. to make the point that we have a clear roadmap, a clear plan of how to get the first thing first, to clear the way, to make way for the Lord. Like we said, the valley, like we actually get to rise up and put that old life behind, to rise up out of sin, to, to, to live up to our calling. You know, the mountains of, of pride, they come down and become humble. We realize our, our dependence on God, we surrender. And the crooked paths become paths of righteousness. And the rough places become tender places where we're teachable. And people can speak into our lives and we're going to go, and go away and do stuff with them. I don't know about you, but I have that desire in my heart to, to make way, to, to prioritize the things that I know should be prioritized so that I can live my life to the full. And we know that we're called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. But then we're distracted with all other manner of things. And we're, we're, we're busy with whatever it might be prayerlessness, when, when what's available to us, the high calling of God, starts with our devotion and our being zealous 
happens after that primary role of our ministry to the Lord? Who knows? Like, I'm also aware that you know, the Lord wants to give us the desires of our heart. It says, delight yourself in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. The first thing is delighting ourselves in the Lord. Loving Him first. And from my own experience, the desires of my heart have changed as I've delighted myself in the Lord. My priorities have changed. My desires have become more and more closely aligned with His desires, what He wants to see done. But I'm going to look for the superficial if I'm not getting filled up by God. And they can look like the desires of my heart. Does that make sense? How did I put it? Lesser things, essentially, isn't it? Because some of the, some of the desires in our heart are birthed out of a place of, and we're not actually fulfilled in our in our sonship, in our relationship with the Lord. So we're seeking fulfillment, desires from from the wrong perspective, from the wrong motive in our heart. Right. So we need to prepare the way in our hearts to get things set straight, in order to get the first thing first and be filled up by the love of God so that we can live our lives from that place. I always quote something from the message that I preach and this time it was a phrase that came to mind which was, barricade the road that goes nowhere. And it's from Psalm 119 from uh, part 29 to 32 from the message. And it describes this person who I feel it's like I'm trying to describe like someone who's living short of their calling, or they're, 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 they've, they've lost that hope or that desire to go after the fullness of God. It says, I'm feeling terrible. I couldn't feel worse. Get me on my feet again. You promised, remember. When I told my story, you responded. Train me well in your deep wisdom. Help me understand these things inside and out so I can ponder your miracle wonders. My sad life's dilapidated in a falling down bar. Build me up again by your word. Barricade the road that goes nowhere. Grace me with your clear revelation. I choose the true road to somewhere. I post your road signs at every curve and corner. I grasp and cling to whatever you tell me. God, don't let me down. I'll run the course you lay out for me if you'll just show me how. So when John prophesies, prepare the way of the Lord, we're trying, I'm trying to kindle in my own life a fire that burns hotter than any other fire. So that those schemes of the enemy, which are real, hell's plans, what me living in the fullness. Like I want to conquer those things. I want to overcome those things. Because not only will I be personally fulfilled in my relationship with the Lord, but I'll also be advancing the kingdom because the two things are inseparable. Right? Some people say is my cup half full or half empty. Your cup is supposed to overflow. Right? My cup runneth over because you're filled with the Lord because you've got your first thing first, your priorities are set.
God's restoring our vision for you know for who we are in the spirit and who we're called to be and what we can do, what we can do for the Lord, how we can bring Him glory. As we pursue Him with our whole hearts. So think about it. As you as you take time, you need to regain clarity of who you're called to be. You need to remember. And sometimes we need other people to see us in the spirit. We're called in the, in the words and no one another according to the spirit. So sometimes we need other people to call out our destinies and call out our treasure. Many of the things that I'm thinking in my heart when I'm thinking of that's what I'm called to, that's what I'm called to be, that's what I should be going after, and that's what I should be manifesting now. Like I'm, that's based on a history in the, in the church of people seeing truth, seeing the spirit, you know, in me, and calling me into that destiny, you know, and it's also what the Lord's planted in my heart, and that's why I believe that each of you have got things, you've got visions for your life that you want to see fulfilled, and so it's, I believe that we need to regain clarity on that, so we can have vision. So it's time to dust off some of those old words that got spoken over us. Do you remember the word you got when you were in here that time? Vaguely? Yeah, I, I, I kind of remember, I think, because um, when uh, Jamie was visiting, well, I think it was probably the first time he ever came here when you weren't a Christian for long, he came into our crazy church. And I like, oh, was <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, come on. And uh, Dave prophesied over you, like, um, it was to do with you, like, having an impact in youth and just, I think, like, yeah, well. reaching young people and stuff like that. Yeah, and I just, you know, those types of things, you know, like, wow, out of nowhere, you know, God gives you an invitation. You know? Man, like, maybe I could pursue that. Like, it's there, you know, you can, it's like an encouragement to you. Like, the Lord has spoken. Whatever, you know, that might not be the thing, but you, you can lean into those things, can't you? you know? And in our church culture, we, we do a lot of that prophetic stuff and words, and, you know, and it's always an invitation. Some things you shall, sometimes people don't get it right, and they tell you you're going to be a famous artist, and it's not true, you know? But some of those things are spot on in your life, and, I, and I've got those ones that I know are like that's not important. Come on, let's get that clear vision back. Because we've got ground to occupy. I was listening to a, a preach the other day from Bethel, and Bill Johnson said, Do not rebel against God by failing to enter into a promise. And it just really struck me because so often like we think of rebellion as doing bad stuff. But he was, he was framing up how the, the Israelites, through their unbelief, failed to enter into the promised land because of their unbelief. And they, 
they, they rebelled against what the Lord had said. He said, that's for you, go take it. And they, and they didn't they didn't go. They had the word of the Lord and they didn't go and take it. And I was like, well, I, never, I, I always think of rebellion as a as a doing the wrong thing, but it can also be not doing something that you want to do. They ultimately didn't believe that they could overcome it. giants in the land. You know, their enemy is not going to just roll over. Like there's a fight to occupy the promised land. There's an intentionality that is required to take hold of what's been promised to you. Let's not be rebellious by not entering into those promises. Continually, repeatedly, habitually overcoming those small little things, those small enemies that try and poke their heads up. You're preparing yourself, you're training yourself for battle.
that I've been waiting for something more from God to, to come and to deal with. And he's saying, no, go get it. You'll be strengthened when you start saying those things. Don't wait for strength before you go. Everyone will tell you you're wise if you play it safe. I said that before. Don't do it. Go for it. It's more than likely that you are the first person in your family line to have done the things that you're called to do. It's highly unlikely that there's someone who's gone before us. Like I know for me, like this is uncharted territory for my bloodline, as far as I'm aware. Like we're trying to take some new ground here. We're trying to accomplish some new stuff. There's no mentor who's, you know, coaching me alongside. Like this is, this is breakthrough. This is new. And I believe that that's just heaven calling us and sending us out. So a couple of keys that have helped me that I believe can help you are to write down a list of those things that have been have hindered you. Can anyone relate, by the way? Can anyone think of some things? You know, like you, like I give you just a basic example. Like you know that you should be in the Word, right? You know it. You know that the Word of God is a lamp unto your feet and you should be reading it, right? But it's life to you, it's bread, it's the Word of God. But you fail to do it, right? Okay. Perhaps there's a giant, you know, because the, the, the adversary is going to create strategies to keep you from getting into your Word But 
Like I've got a vision of that. And I feel like using your imagination combined with prayer is another key. Engage your imagination and see yourself doing those things. See yourself as that person that you long to be or that you're seeking to contend to become. Engage your imagination. What would it look like for you to be like that? And start praying from that place. Because you can do it. It's the will of God that you should do it. I'm praying that the Lord will redeem the time that I've wasted failing to get hold of these things and press on. Because it's, you know, it's worthless things, isn't it, that often roar us in. Things that matter nothing in eternity. The old order's passing away. And we're so invested in it. It's wrong. So let's watch some Canaanites dissipate. And I've got this written here. I don't know where I've got it from. It says, you are Moses to someone. Because this isn't just for our benefit, right? This is so we can be salt and light. We can bring people into freedom. We can bring people into salvation. Like that verse said, as we read through the, the road construction project, salvation to all flesh. Don't forget the influence that you have on those around you and those you get to meet. It says in Daniel that those who know God will do exploits. I'm like, man, I want to do some exploits. I better get busy knowing God. Because the side effect of knowing Him is that I'll do stuff. It isn't run of the mill, lukewarm Christianity. So our love for one another, our levels of freedom, keeping the Lord's commands, living a life worthy of Him, all fruit that is going to be evidence that we have got things in order. We are seeing, seeking his righteousness and his kingdom first. The wealth of Christ is purchased by faith. And I want to read to you some verses just to finish this word. speak about us investing and one of them is one that Naomi mentioned in her when she mentioned the offering from Matthew 6 I'm going to read to you these, these passages of scripture and they're about what I'm talking about investing our time in the most valuable thing which is going to produce the most rewarding fruitful life beyond our imagination, beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. 
Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not be afraid of the flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide yourselves with purses that will not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Job 22, verse 25. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him. He will hear you and you will pay your vows. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. When they cast you down, and you say, exaltation will come, then he will save the humble person. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the purity of your hands. That you think about Moses comment. Isaiah 55, 1-3. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, Come, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and, you sh and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with the sure mercies of David. Proverbs 23:23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. And Isaiah 35, 8-10. There will be a highway called the Holy Road. No one rude or rebellious is permitted on this road. It's for God's people exclusively. Impossible to get lost on this road. Not even fools can get lost on it. No lions on this road, no dangerous wild animals, nothing and no one dangerous or threatening. Only the redeemed will walk on it. The people God has ransomed will come back on this road. They'll sing as they make their way home to Zion. Unfailing halos of joy encircling Welcomed home with gifts of joy and gladness as all sorrows and sighs scurry into the night. So I invite you to stand. Let me pray for us. Romans 7 man 
depicts someone who, who is in that place, struggling, cannot overcome, cannot do the things he wants to do. He is without the Spirit. And it is impossible without the Spirit. So, Father, we need you. Through him who loved us and died for us. 